she always says hello when I come out here. She's like, tell the fellas I say hi. Leanne says that stuff too, and I Aww. just don't. I'm a terrible. My wife husband. doesn't give a shit about you guys. No, she sure doesn't. <laughs> That's fair. No, I believe this time she says, uh, uh, "Record good" or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, record have a good, good recording. <laughs> Do thing. How are you guys? Good. Got a hole in my foot. So anyway, I asked oh, you a hole in your foot. I asked you if you had done the uh, review with Banks oh, and Trams. So uh, no, that's what you meant. No, um, because of well, didn't fucking matter in the end. Because of that whole sleep regression thing, like Evelyn goes down for bed at eight o'clock. Oh, okay. And that's when they were recording. And generally, Jaylee needs a lot of help during that time because she is just a fucking nightmare. They should have asked me to replace you. That somebody could have. I think if you'd have shown any interest, <laughs> you would, and then they would have. But Trav, you'll be happy to know I have my notes up already. Wow. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Well, we got a cold open topic this week because it is Jonathan's birthday. It's my birthday, birthday. Happy birthday, beautiful birthday boy. Happy birthday. You know, we went to Texas Roadhouse the other day, Mm -hmm. and there was like two people who like had birthdays, and I told my wife, I was like, listen, I'm not going to leave you if you ever do this shit where you tell people at the restaurant, I don't give a fuck if I get free cake or whatever. Right. If If you have them sing to me, I'm going to consider leaving you and taking the baby. (laughs) <laughs> i'm yeah, never gonna it, do it but i'm it, gonna consider it it's Fair. it's the worst i i don't know anybody who enjoys it no <laughs> it's in a texas roadhouse they bring out this like saddle yeah they make you sit on the saddle, sit on oh, the saddle. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. oh that's, that's... I, if it wasn't for the cinnamon butter and the rolls i would hate going to that place because they even yeah. do this thing where it's like they do this weird white people country dancing in the middle of the thing and i'm just like give me my freaking rolls like i don't want you dancing (laughs) get get my honey butter to go look i go to texas roadhouse once a year and that's only because every well almost every christmas my manager uh buys my entire team like a 50 dollar texas roadhouse gift card Uh uh-huh I don't go there otherwise. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Although I will say the other, the only other reason that I go there is I have not paid for my food at Texas Roadhouse, and I think in a couple of years. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> because they always get my order wrong, <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't even fight them about it. I'm not like, you know, like you got my fucking food wrong. I'm just like. There's a pickle on my plate, and it makes everything taste like pickles. Can you please remake my food? And they're like, oh, absolutely. And then they come back, and I'm just like, we're sorry about that. We took that meal off of your thing. I'm like, cool. <laughs> and that's why my wife gets the shrimp kicker. Nice. Yeah. So. yeah sounds like you guys got the, the same thing there. You only go if it's free. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. Yeah. I just, there's better restaurants. Yeah. There are. There are but in, not many in Ames, Iowa. So. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so uh, after that aside, our cold open topic for the week is based on the film that Jonathan has picked for us today, 
films that we wish we hadn't revisited from our childhood. Yes. So, birthday boy. You want to yeah. hit us with yours? Sure. So, my first one is Labyrinth. Oh, uh, yeah. I, oh, man, I have never wanted a movie to be loved. And I was like, you know what? I still love David Bowie. Jennifer Connelly's still a little awkward to watch after Requiem, but, you know, let's give this a shot. And, oh, man, I just, that is not a good movie. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't like that movie. It's not a good movie. <laughs> it's, it is like, the 80s nightmare before christmas is like hot topics is just making <laughs> you guys like this movie it's yeah that's it like <sighs> yeah there's no danny elfman so i mean like my, my my big problem is i didn't even like like that's not a movie from my childhood and i discovered it probably in like i was like 13 i was like eh, I yeah, like this. yeah. <laughs> uh, see as a kid i loved it i actually i remember the vhs tape because my parents were like notorious for like recording movies off of hbo Mm-hmm. And Legend and Labyrinth were both on the same VHS. Nice. Oh, Legends! So I would watch both of those. Legend does hold up, but it um, does. But <laughs> Labyrinth, God, it just does not. I'm just so many. Yeah, like, I just ruined my chance of banging a goth chick ever again in my life. That's <laughs> not <Outside laughs> the married thing, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, um, I, I agree on Labyrinth. Yeah, it's it's a shame. Yeah, uh, my other one's gonna piss everybody else off. Uh, I don't like the Sandlot anymore. Oh, I just watched oh. that a couple months ago, and I love it. I know. <laughs> I just, uh, it just doesn't do it for me anymore. It, it is still my favorite baseball movie. <laughs> I rookie of the year is still mine, so you know. But yeah, I just, I don't think rookie of the year is very good. Yeah, well, you can eat my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Who's no, got just, a spoon? <laughs> Uh, no, it's just the Sandlot's just one of those like I, I think it's been quoted to fucking death. And I have to hear one more person say they're killing me, Smalls, or forever. Just get on, stop. Um, and then you know, it's like, all right, let's let's watch the movie again, and and I did, and I still can't watch the fucking chewing tobacco scene, and <laughs> it, it just it's so funny. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't do it for me. Vomit no. makes me laugh. Vomit makes me vomit. <laughs> <laughs> That's Those are I, mine. Yeah. I've kind of been hesitant to revisit the Sandlot myself. It's been a long time since I've I, I, I encourage other people to watch it. I'm just sad that I did. Uh, I love it. I'm telling you, I watched it a couple months ago. It is incredible. Fair enough. I'll keep watching it forever. Oh, God <laughs> damn it. You're killing me, Smalls. <sighs> so, I actually had a harder time with this than I realized. I'll probably... You know, a week or two from now, I'll be like, oh, yeah, it'll pop into my head something that I was thinking of. Um, a handful of things that Caitlin and I kind of sat down together and like, hey, it's been a long time since we watched this. We watched these. We like these movies as kids. Let's watch it now. One um, was The Blue Lagoon. <laughs> <laughs> the original. Wow. The original Blue Lagoon. <laughs> Brooke Shields. <laughs> which is a horrible, horrible movie. We didn't even oh. finish it on the rewatch. We were just like, what were... How did we like this on kids? It's like inappropriate on multiple levels too. It's it, like it certainly is. My my older sister loved that movie. Yeah, <laughs> it was weird. Um, and um, Indian the Covered is. <laughs> oh man, that's one that I want to watch, but I know it's going to be so yeah. bad. <laughs> no, oh, oh, I loved that movie as a kid. I think I watched <laughs> that so much. Yeah, and then I sat down and watch it now. It's just like, wow, 
I don't know. Um, there's a whole lot of, uh, you know, I hate to say some of Jim Carrey's early stuff, like Ace, Ace Ventura and stuff. Oh, like Ace it, Ventura was definitely up there for me. The, it, still love Jim Carrey, but it just watching it now, it's like. Uh, I, I will know. watch When Nature Calls every day of my life if I have to. That's I love good. that movie still. Good. <laughs> Um, liar liar definitely holds up over everything liar liar is yeah, still good liar liar is good yeah that one, that one has a lot of heart to it yeah something like the mask though I, it's just hard to watch i never liked the mask to begin See, I, with i think the mask holds up okay. uh generally speaking most of a lot of 80s things don't hold up well because of the effects and stuff i think but some of it has charm which we'll probably talk about some tonight yeah <laughs> um and I'll, I'll always say that special effects don't matter as long as your story's good. Fair enough. You know what well, it is for me? It's not the special effects about the 80s. It's the goddamn synth drums. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like everything to sound like the opening to Full House? <laughs> then I've got one last one in my back pocket here that I'm still not sure about, but I wa- tried to watch it recently, and I just wasn't feeling it. And it's a classic. It's uh, Ghostbusters. I don't know. I, huh. I, I was watching it and I was okay. like, this isn't as funny as I thought. And uh, I was trying to watch it with uh, a couple of the kids and they're like, eh, not, not into it. And <laughs> I don't know. Look, I, I still think the first Ghostbusters is kind of a perfect film, but uh, the second best Ghostbusters movie right now is the 2016 one. See, I feel like I'm the only person in the world that actually liked the second Ghostbusters. I like the second Ghostbusters. I, I, just don't really think I, enjoyed that. I just don't think it was as strong as the 2016 Ghostbusters. Fair enough. There you go. What do you got, Paul? Um, well, how pretentious are we going here? Not, not very. Oh, uh, we're talking about childhood. So I'm. Oh, OK. <laughs> I'm going like. So just young. Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah, no, just Woody Allen. No, Gone with the Wind, you know, <laughs> yeah. that stuff. Well, Gone with the Wind would be a film for my childhood, and yeah. <laughs> revisiting that has been interesting. Um, but mostly, Zach said Ace Ventura was a big one for me. Uh, Jim Carrey was my favorite movie star for about, like, six years. I just loved him so much, and Ace Ventura was a hard one to go back to. Uh, going back to the 80s vein... I don't really like never ending story. That that's another one I'm keeping in the back burner, but I'm like if it comes on TV yeah. I might watch it. I just I, I had a lot of scary moments about that movie like when mm-hmm. I was a kid and it wasn't the scenes that everybody thought like it's those fucking sphinxes with the tits. Okay, <laughs> I don't know yeah. why like that those things scared the shit out of me as a kid. I I went and saw it as a midnight show uh, when I was at VCU uh college for anybody who doesn't know what VCU is. Um I went and saw it as a midnight show and I was kind of eh on it and I watched it at least once since then it kind of slipped a little more for me and then uh Trav and Banks asked me to come on to their podcast and talk about the never ending story series and I rewatched all three of them and they're all terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they just get progressively worse, which is weird because I thought the second one was the best one when I was a kid. Yeah. Uh, Did they do that because of the Strangers thing or Stranger Things three season three? I don't I remember why they did it. it. it, it I, I think the story it, got hot because of that. I think it was like the thirty fifth anniversary or some shit. I don't know. Uh, anyway, 
they're all just not very good. Yeah. Uh, but for me, the biggest thing that killed me wasn't a movie. It was a TV show. Oh. That was the original Masters of the Universe. It was my favorite show when I was a kid. I have a scar on my chin when my beard is short enough. You can see it. Mm-hmm. That I got while playing He-Man and jumping off my porch and had to get eight stitches in my chin. That's really funny. Um, yeah. Because my mom did the exact same thing, except for she was like screaming like by the power of ISIS and thinking she was Shira or something like that. <laughs> and she has a scar <laughs> because she jumped off of a bunk bed. Wow. Nice. Your mom? My mom. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, so He-Man was my favorite thing uh, when uh, up until I was about five, and then I saw the movie Batman, yeah. which is which is a film that does hold up. Yep. Uh, oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two and three, all uh, yeah, both awful. Gonna, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna mention them too. <laughs> I like three. Sorry, I know it's not a good movie. I like three. <laughs> um, that's fine. I just anyway. So uh, when. I discovered that a local video store that I used to work at had uh, copies of VHSs for He-Man. I was like, oh, my God, I haven't watched He-Man in like 10, 10, 15 years, however long it was at that point. I'm going to go rent these and watch them. And I popped them into the VHS and stopped after one episode because like, this is <laughs> unwatchable. Yeah. If we were, if I had thought about TV, there's probably a whole lot of TV that just... Well, yeah, like, TV. Yeah, no. TV is a different beast, though. But yeah, yeah that... That pretty much killed my love of any kind of nostalgia. I don't, I can't watch things for nostalgic reasons anymore. Yeah. So, anyway. Yep. Well, hey, yeah. that's a perfect segue. Indeed. For us to talk about a movie. Let's talk about a movie. you beautiful people out there in podcast land my name is paul workman i'm jonathan pierce and i'm zach mccoy and we are your oscar grouches welcome back to the oscar worthy podcast a show where we discuss oscar winners normally discuss oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the academy went wrong if they went wrong but this week it is jonathan's pick for his birthday and jonathan what are we watching today we're watching crawl the story of how every boring DM introduces NPCs to their D&D party. <laughs> uh, is this everybody's first time seeing this? No. Yes. Oh. oh. Also, yes for me. <gasps> really? I have yeah. never seen Crawl. It's just one of those <gasps> blind spots. So you've, you've introduced me to something. Illumination. Jonathan. <laughs> Jonathan, would you like to tell us about your first time seeing the film, if you remember it? Oh, God, my first time? No, but this was uh, one of those movies that was once again on the just stacked collection that we had as a family of recorded VHS from HBO movies. <laughs> so, oh, and this is around the time that HBO stood for, hey, Beastmaster's on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I read that in a, probably Entertainment Weekly some good years ago, and it stuck with me. Nice. Yeah, this was a movie I, I just thoroughly thoroughly loved um 
but I don't think I've watched it since I was about seven or eight years old. Uh, okay. And I, it just kind of got forgotten. And then when I remembered it, I said, let's not, let's go ahead and just leave it in the, in the old memory banks as being a really good movie. So what, what was it that made you decide that you wanted to finally dive into it again? Well, I needed something to watch for you guys. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I really don't know. Uh, I, I think it's just one of those. It's time to finally look back. See yeah. if I, if I'm still that same kid who enjoyed these movies or if I've become a cynic and have hung around Paul way too long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That can happen. Yeah. You know, before you say anything one way or the other about how you feel about it, I watching it, I felt at least like an appreciation for, you know, the, the nerd that you've become like, Oh yeah. (laughs) So I, right off the bat, I give the movie props for, for that. Indeed. Okay. So this movie was not nominated for any Oscars. Shock. No shock at all. None. Um, but it was nominated for three Saturn awards. So I thought I'd cover those oh, really yeah. quick. In fact, let's just go over the, uh, the winners of the 11th Saturn awards real quick. Cause I, okay. I want everyone to appreciate this year. The 11th, you said the 11th. Okay. All right. So best science fiction film at the Saturn awards goes to star Wars episode six, return of the Jedi. All right. Yeah. Uh, best fantasy film. Goes to something wicked this way comes. Oh, eating out crow. Yeah. Uh, best horror film goes to the Dead Zone, which is really, really good, despite what the three uh, hosts of Dairy Public Radio say. Yeah. Oh. Did you see what <laughs> what it was up against? The what, horror uh, films. Yeah, Christine and Cujo. So it's yeah. just a year of Stephen King <laughs> and Twilight Zone, the movie. Yeah. Uh, Mark Hamill wins Best Actor for Return of the Jedi. Uh, Louise Fletcher, who we will be talking about very soon on this show, uh, wins Best Actress for Brainstorm. Oh. How did you not bring up that Christopher Reeve was uh, nominated for Best Actor that year for oh, being for... in the uh, Toy Story 4 of movies? <laughs> <laughs> Superman movies, yeah. <laughs> Because uh, I was just trying to get through it quickly. Um, <laughs> uh, best supporting actor goes to John Lithgow for the Twilight Zone, the movie. Uh, which, just to kind of bring a couple things around, we were just talking about John Lithgow <laughs> is playing William Shatner's role from an episode of the Twilight Zone that was directed by Richard Donner. Mm. Oh. Speaking of Superman films and the late great Richard Donner. Uh, Candy Clark wins Best Supporting Actress for Blue Thunder, which is a movie about a helicopter. Uh, John Badham wins Best Director for War Games, beating out Woody Allen for Z-League. Best Writing goes to Ray Bradbury for Something Wicked This Way Comes, adapting his his own perfect novel. Uh, best music goes to James Horner for Brainstorm, beating out James Horner <laughs> for Crow, and James <laughs> Horner for something wicked this way comes. That's yeah. right, James. Uh, and uh, that brings and he us... still beats John Williams. I was yeah. going to say that brings us to our podcast of the podcast. <laughs> oh, John Williams yes! Saturn <laughs> Sorry, Awards. I ruined watch. It. 
<laughs> no, no, you shoehorned it in there. That's awesome. John Williams Saturn Awards watch. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> best costuming goes to Return of the Jedi, beating out Kroll. Uh, good old Anthony Mendelson. Uh, best makeup goes to Phil Tippett and Stuart Freeborn for Return of the Jedi. Tippett. Uh, Phil Tippett, you may know as the uh, dinosaur supervisor on Jurassic Park. Huh? <laughs> uh, best special effects go to Richard Edlin, Dennis Murin, and Ken Ralston for Return of the Jedi. And uh, special awards are given out to jo- the George Powell Memorial Award to Nicholas Meyer. And the President's Award goes to the most important man to ever make a movie, Roger Corman. <laughs> nice. Thought if I couldn't do an Oscar recap, I could do a Saturn Awards recap. Nominated for three, loses three, but it does win Worst Picture at the Stinkers Bad Movie Awards. What? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what it beat out, or what, yeah, what it beat out, and I don't really care. That's kind of funny to me. Indeed. Well, that lets us go ahead and talk about this movie. Okay. Um... (laughs) Listen, I'm listening. This is not a good movie. Oh, God, but it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Gotta bring back your word from Drinking Age Movies Days. It's, is it fantastic? Oh, this movie's so fantastic. Oh, it is a fantastic <laughs> film, indeed. Oh, my God. Just down to just everything. The, the bad guy just raising his arms and shooting lasers out of his mouth. Like, that's all he does. <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> and the Mac- <laughs> and the MacGuffin is just kind of like, hey, here's a MacGuffin. Now you're going to use it. <laughs> Why does it work? How does it work? <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> but then it doesn't even work after that. <laughs> like, it's so stupid. <laughs> I remember the posters just like, like the glaive was the fucking thing. A glaive. <laughs> so <laughs> listen, this, this is a fantasy movie. Is it, but like it's like a fantasy sci-fi. Yeah, it's re- like like sort of. <laughs> uh, one one thing I saw said it was a um, hybrid, but hybrid ripoff of Star Wars and Conan or something like that. I was like, that's that's yeah. apt. That's so uh, yeah. on the money. And with, <laughs> with splice with a little bit of uh, Lord of the Rings, at least uh, you know. But I mean, with, but yeah, just because every, all fantasy is literally <laughs> just Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my wife sat down after about a half hour to forty-five minutes of the movie. She's like, "What is this even about?" And I was just like, "Space Rock came down, bad guys came with it, and now the good guy needs to go save the girl." I have now given you the plot to crawl. Yep, that's it. <laughs> like. Uh, we, we, along the way meet, uh, Liam Neeson and Robbie Coltrane, who we all know best as Gooby. <laughs> Gooby. <laughs> Not anything else. No other fantasy films. Just like, this. Right. Gooby. So she comes, so the wife comes in basically two or three minutes before you meet Liam Neeson. And she's like, <laughs> so who's this guy? It's like, all right. So the sexy guy there is the main character who's just going around trying to find something and he's just going to pick up friends along the way, but he's the second sexiest person. Wait for it. And then she's like, is that Liam Neeson? Like, yes, it is. <laughs> Big old sideburns. Oh, I don't know what he was doing. Like it, <laughs> it almost looked like his beard just wrapped around his head. Like, <laughs> <perfect circle. laughs> 
<laughs> um, it, it was almost as good as Robbie Coltrane's flat top and mustache combo. <laughs> <laughs> who, who invited the cop? <laughs> I was about to say that. I was like, why is this cop in this movie? <laughs> so, oh. I, all right. I love this movie as a kid, and it's really weird because I was just a bitch as a kid. So scary things like I I stopped watching witches once they started taking off their faces because I was scared. Oh god! So like that is Nicholas Riggs. He's <laughs> a madman. So I it just as a kid, I, I I'm and even to this day I don't like scary movies. I like schlock because it's not scary because it's just rubber monsters, right? Um, but. Man, there were some parts where I'm like, how did I watch this as a kid? Like, especially when like the the blind guy like comes out from there and you like see yeah. him and the, the, the he's, you find out he's a shapeshifter and it's just man, that shit was gross. And <laughs> yeah, how did that I was, watch that? That was pretty hardcore. Yeah, yeah. this is one of those um, movies. Uh, it, I don't want to say it slow, but there were periods where I was like. Uh, props to you again as a kid for you know maintaining your attention span. Like Yo, <laughs> seriously, there were so many parts of this movie. We're like, all right, we're done, right? Nope, nope. <laughs> you are taking for how long? I didn't even look at the runtime for this movie, but it did feel like it was a while. Two uh, hours at least, wasn't it? Um, it was one twenty-one. So yeah, just over two hours. Yeah, that's like it felt it hard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like especially when they get into that third act, you're just like. This is honestly the most boring part, and all they've done is walk. Like it just again, not a good movie. But you should definitely watch this movie if you have oh, not seen it. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, um Rel the Cyclops, uh I, I've <laughs> seen I'd seen him before, thanks to the internet, even though uh-huh. I'd never seen this movie. That was fun. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and and the glaive makes its appearance in a whole bunch of things and I didn't know what it was from. Yeah. Uh it's in like Ready Player One, an episode of South Park, a few other mm. things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy you guys I, I honestly did not know neither of you had seen Crawl. Yeah, and you also introduced me to a, another beautiful redhead. So thank you. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you know, Zach, all I do is think of you anytime I see hot redheads anymore. That was literally the first thing I thought. I was like, how come Yay. Zach hasn't said anything uh, in chat about her yet? Yeah, I wanted I, to wait. I'm glad you're a very sexy man, because that would be just an immediate boner killer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. but, so, I mean... So another thing I wanted to bring up, and this is a conversation we had over chat, is, uh, and I think I've seen this even in a meme before, but holy fuck, quicksand yeah. was a problem back then, right? Like everybody was dying to quicksand, and I think it just caused this fear of quicksand throughout my entire childhood. Yeah, and that yeah. one guy just like he died. What was his name? Merriman? Or something, right? Am I recalling correctly? Was there like no music in that scene, or was it like really quiet music? I think it was really quiet. Like, <laughs> yeah, they were just so letting true. him drown. Just in sand. Sl- slowly watch him die. Everybody, yeah. like, oh, come on, cut the rage. <laughs> yeah, the I, entire I was... time going Artax. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen those memes too. It's like growing up, I thought quicksand was going to be a lot more of a problem. Yeah. So this this is definitely one of those ones uh, movies that added on to that. Uh, yeah, that issue. I have to say that uh, I was excited to find out that the old one, Freddie yeah. Jones, is Toby Jones's father. Toby Jones. Yeah. Toby Jones is that 
little that short guy with the kind of buggy eyes that's in a bunch of stuff. Oh. If, if you look at his face, you're gonna know who I'm talking about immediately. He's in a ton of things. Uh okay. Yeah. He, he played Truman Capote in a different movie that wasn't the one that Philip Seymour Hoffman <laughs> oh. played Truman Capote in. Okay, hold on. Because he was Zola in uh Captain America. Yeah, there okay, you go. I'm sure. And uh yeah, the the first one in the computer version in Winter Soldier. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. He was in the Hunger Games. I think he's one of the announcers along th- with Stanley right. Tucci. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit, he was Dobby. He voiced Dobby. Well, that part I did oh, not. Oh yeah. <laughs> I always forget that. Uh, he was in a great horror film called Barbarian Sound Studio that I, I highly suggest to anybody. Anyway, mm, okay. so yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. the, the old one was his father. And oh, nice. Interesting. Really interested in that. <laughs> Whose love interest was the same name as the girl in the movie. It was so stupid. <laughs> oh, we're saving her because she has your name too. Martha! <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, this this movie is incredible. It is. It really. I I, I enjoyed uh, David Batley or Batley, the guy playing Ergo, Ergo. Okay, yeah, yeah. He was he was a lot of fun, especially when he forms that relationship with the kid. And it's all sweet and yeah. nice. Yeah. Uh, I thought Ken Marshall, who played Colwyn, was a lot of fun. He was buckling some swash at the beginning there and. <laughs> And I always appreciate some swashbuckling. Indeed. Um, and I, I definitely appreciate it. And I, I'm going to butcher his last name, but Bernard Archard. Is that right? Uh, he played uh, Ergo. Or you mean uh, the... Or was it Ergo? Or what was his name? Er- he, was, he was the uh, the comic relief who would change himself. That was David Bailey. Was it David Bailey? No. Okay. So who am I thinking of? I'm thinking of... Bernard Breslau. Was he? Yeah. Okay, so Bernard I'm reading IMD. Elric. So yeah, yeah David yeah, Badley as Ergo. No, he was awesome. Yeah, that's who I love. Another guy I recognize from stuff, obviously Charlie the Chocolate Factory, but some like British TV too. I've, I've always seen his face, but I never know what it's from. Right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> I do have to comment on the uh, the really horrible green screen. Um, just like a bunch, like the, for the last 20 minutes, you see all the obvious outlines around. Them. Yeah. And like the horse <laughs> scene where they've got like, almost look like painted backdrops and stuff. I, I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. A- HD to, is not the friend of 80s films. No, it is not. <laughs> at, at any point is it, it's, it's ruined a lot of like things that the graininess of VHS just kind of covered up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I did like the concept of those horses that, ran with fire the fire mains yeah. oh yeah all those gorgeous clydesdales but again a lot of the movie like that was a chunk of the movie that was just them catching horses <laughs> like you could have gone from fire mains would go that fast and then all of a sudden these guys are flying around on fucking horses that make fire with their feet like that would have been awesome no we had to watch them wrangle them for like 15 fucking minutes <laughs> <laughs> I was I was also shocked to find out that the director of this directed Bullet, the Steve oh, McQueen oh, film. Oh, seriously? Really? Yeah. Which is funny because next week we'll be talking about yeah. uh, the 1968 Academy Awards, so that'll probably come up. Uh, 
he was kind of a journeyman director up into this and kept working. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this didn't kill him in the yeah. sense of, which I don't see why it would. This movie's phenomenal. I, it it did bomb, but... <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, it bombed. A... It bombed horribly, too. What was the budget on this movie? Because... Uh, it, kept bal- it was a ballooning budget, so they started oh. out somewhere, and they kept adding to it, and it ended up around like 27 to 30, only made... 16.9. Yeah, on a $47 million estimated budget. Yeah, and this 47 is probably including all the uh, marketing and everything. Marketing, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I did not make its money no. <laughs> at all. Uh, some notes about filming being difficult or something like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to wrangle up freaking 15 horses <laughs> for 15 minutes. That's, that's going to put a chunk in your, uh, in your time. Yeah. Good budget. Bit. I had a good laugh when uh, Ergo turned into a dog for the first time, though. That was fun. It was sweet. Sweet. You'll think it's a stupid wish. It was adorable. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, do we have anything else that they, uh, any other notes on this movie? No, no. It's just kind of a, a, a nice time to yeah, just I, sit and watch a movie for two hours. I, I yep. will say I am happy I returned to this movie. Good. Good. Yeah, I am happy. Me too. Because even if it, even if it wasn't as epic as you might remember as a child, the epic that you imagined, you at least got something from it. I surely did. I surely did. All right, boys. So let's go ahead and get into our worsty judgments here. Uh, Zach, does this yeah. movie deserve best picture? I'm sorry to say that. No, I don't think I would give it best picture. Um, no, I haven't looked at the list of 83, but obviously, you know, Return of the Jedi is a superior movie. So we'll say that for now. Okay. Okay. You're fucking wrong. <laughs> no, this movie doesn't deserve best picture. Like in Jedi came out this year. You're right. Like honestly, of the list of like those Saturn movies, I can't think of any of them that weren't better than this movie. And I haven't seen something wicked this way comes in years and I still know I love that movie. Yeah, it's kind of perfect. Yeah. So, uh Paul, does this movie deserve best picture? No, I already mentioned a bunch of stuff that I thought would Definitely deserved it over at uh, Dead Zone, Something Wicked. Yeah. Episode six. Uh, what wins Best Picture in 1983 is an incredible film, and I'm excited to get to it when we get to it. But it this definitely does not deserve it over any of those things. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Well, Zach, is this the worst Best Picture? You know what? No, it's not the worst Best Picture. It has heart and oh, what's the word? gumption and there's nothing really <laughs> there nothing really wrong with the content you know it, it's not a circus movie a grooming movie or a racist uh, uh, at yeah. least as far as i could really tell i so. yeah in this movie the uh the space nazis were the bad guys so it uh yeah it already wins on that front and like you said no grooming or racism so except against space nazis yeah so yeah not the worst. Paul? Uh, you know, it's got a very bad production. It looks like shit, but no, <laughs> it it's definitely not a goddamn circus movie. <laughs> I couldn't even yeah. think of the name of it. I hate it so much. Um, the greatest so, shit on earth. There you go. So it's not that movie. And if it's not that movie, it can't be the worst, best picture of all time. <laughs> all right. Well, Zach, what are we watching next time? Next time we're watching Flight of the Navigator. 
A what? Yeah. Wait, hold on. What's happening now? <laughs> I feel something. Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. And I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worsty Podcast, a show where we just, well, we normally discuss Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong. But this week, it is Pretty Boy Jonathan's birthday. Yeah. And Zach, what are we watching for Jonathan's birthday? We're watching Flight of the Navigator. It's an adventure space odyssey for 80s kids, but this time Hal is friendly and played by Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Perfect. Indeed. Uh, is this everybody's first time watching this film? No. 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 Yeah. Woohoo. Anybody want to regale us with the first time they watched it? This was another VHS movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I um I can't remember my first time. I was really young when I saw it though, so 86 is my birth year, so represent with that. Um, a few times growing up and always remembered it fondly. I I believe I watched it once when we got one of those free like viewings of the Disney Channel. Oh, like, yeah. Like, oh, we're going to give you Disney Channel for a week. Watch whatever's on there and then, you know, oh, yeah. tell your parents to subscribe to the Disney Channel <laughs> before it just came part of the TV package. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sounds about right. So, yeah. All uh-huh. right. Um, I didn't have a fun uh, breakdown of any kind of awards this one or got nominated for. So, sorry about that. What? Honestly, I'm a little bothered by that. I'm I'm a bit shocked. I'm a bit shocked that I didn't... I could probably skip on over to the 19... What did we say? This 86? Yes, sir. I'll, I'll skip on over to the uh, 1986... Saturn Awards and see if it has any nominations. Mm. But it didn't have any just listed in the the Wikipedia, so I I'm kind of doubting it. Yeah. But Jonathan, tell tell us why this film was on the list to watch for the week. Okay. Um this is another one of those movies where I loved it as a kid. It was one of those feel good movies as a kid cuz you're like, "Hey, that could be me one day." And then, again, just kind of turned into, I'm not going to watch it because I want to enjoy that feeling of loving this movie as a kid. Because I'm not a kid anymore, so will I still get that feeling of, hey, that could be me one day? That's fair. Flying around with Robot Pee-wee. This did get nominated for at least one Saturn Award, so let's do the 1986 Saturn Awards. Oh, all right. Nice. All right. So, best science fiction film goes to Aliens. Ooh, with a dollar sign. <laughs> um, there's a whole story about how uh, apparently when James Cameron was pitching the sequel to Aliens, he just wrote Alien yeah. on the board and then put an S on the end of it and then turned the S into a dollar sign. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he, know, um, he knows about that. Uh, best fantasy film goes to The Boy Who Could Fly, somehow beating out Labyrinth. 
Hmm. And an American tale as a fantasy film? Yeah. Uh, I guess because there's talking mice. I don't know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, best horror film goes to David Cronenberg's The Fly. Beating nice. out Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, best performance by a young ac- younger actor goes to Carrie Hinn, who played Newt in Aliens with a dollar sign. Yeah. Uh, beating out Joey Kramer for Flight of the Navigator. That's two so far for Flight of the Navigator. Uh, no, that's, that's the first one I brought up. Oh, no, it best got nominated for Best Science Fiction Film. Yeah. Oh, I just, I completely missed it. Okay, Jeff Goldblum wins Best Actor for The Fly because, of course, he does. Mm-hmm. Leonard Nimoy for The Voyage Home. Bullshit. Yeah, well, sometimes people are just double dumbasses. Double dumbass on them. <laughs> well, well done. Um, Sigourney Weaver wins Best Actress for Aliens with a dollar sign because, of course, she does. Bill Paxton wins Best Supporting Actor for Aliens with a Dollar Sign because game over, man. Uh, Best Supporting Actress goes to Jeanette Goldstein for Aliens playing Private Vasquez. James Cameron wins Best Director for Aliens with a Dollar Uh, Sign, beating out Randall Kleiser for Flight of the Navigator. Yeah, I don't think I'd give it to him over Cronenberg. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Best Writing goes to James Cameron for Aliens with a Dollar Sign. Uh, Alan Menken wins Best Music for Little Shop of Horrors. Which, hey, that one bugs me because I went up against American Tale. Uh, I I give it to Little Shop of Horrors. It's amazing. Uh, best Costuming goes to Rich, Robert Fletcher for Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. Best Makeup goes to The Fly. Best yeah, Special yeah. Effects goes to Aliens with a dollar sign. Ching! Oh, I beat Short Circuit. Yeah, sure did. That's sad. George Powell Memorial Award goes to Arnold Lebovit. Okay. Life Career Award goes to Leonard Nimoy. President's Award goes to Marshall Bickman for the Manhattan Project and Joseph Stefano. Those are our Saturn Awards for 1986. Thanks. All right. Thank you very much. Yeah. Always here to help. Who else loved the shit out of this wholesome fucking movie? God damn it, this movie's so good. Yes. <laughs> yes, sir. And Absolutely. not and not not in a fantastic way. I think no. this movie's just really good. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> like, so this was another movie where my wife sat down and was like, What are you watching? Fly the navigator. And then she's like, I'm really liking this movie. I'm like, Yes, you are. Because it's that yeah. good. It is. It is just so fun. Yeah, it's tight and quick and yeah it was like a brisk. 25 yeah um yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah i didn't know this was a disney movie even as a kid even though it, you you know you got that whole disney opening um just never put two and two together there until it, i saw it and was it specifically disney produced yeah that's, like that's, it gave you the yeah it gave you the full thing i mean they could tack that on at any point that's fair i just thought it was a the only reason I think I would have questioned it was because of the shit, goddamn, and there was one more in there. I can't remember what it was. Well, it okay, was so R word probably was. Oh, it? well, the yeah, R word at the beginning. Yeah. Right? yeah. Um, okay, so it was it was distributed by Buena Vista Pictures. Okay, of course, is the distrib- distribution arm of Disney, but it was made by the yeah. producers' sale or sales organization. <laughs> okay. Oh, boring. Uh, boring Disney name, dude. Disney didn't approve it, and they passed it, and they passed it on to them. 
And Disney was like, okay, we won't produce it, but we will distribute it for you. Okay. Well, thank so, you, Disney, for doing that. Yeah, so it's Disney by technicality. And it's Disney oh. by technicality in a time where Disney's not doing well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is probably why they didn't make it specifically, because they yeah. are struggling in the mid-80s. This, this movie felt like it had a budget, too. Yeah, it, like, yeah, at least a, a considerable one. Yeah. Uh, they put nine million into it so that's okay that's not terrible that's yeah, that's about much 25 it. to 30 in today's dollars yeah pretty much all the, the ship i guess for the most part anyway yeah, yeah. It, everything else is pretty easy and low budget to get around yeah yeah they, i i just i can't think of anything wrong about this movie i it, it literally has everything it's got Pee-wee Herman being Pee-wee Herman and not being Pee-wee Herman because Paul Rubin is the goddamn man. Yeah. Whatever he does in theaters. Shit doesn't matter. Um, it's got, like I said, it's got that feeling of like, hey, I'm a kid and I can that could happen to me one day. And it's a kid with his horse as well. <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker said this fucking movie. I, knew, I was waiting for you. <laughs> the moment she stepped on the screen, I was like, we're going to get a horse joke. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> But she's not horsey in this one. <laughs> no horsiness in this, I don't feel like. No, no. She was a <laughs> pony at the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just uh, fucking like the way she looks. Sorry. Funny. Like Sarah funny <laughs> it's a funny thing. I actually found an autographed picture of her on my wife's uh, dresser recently. I forgot that she'd had that. <laughs> her, <laughs> nice. They, they, her family somehow knew her husband but i won't get that i was i was gonna ask when it got signed what era jessica parker did did it late come from? 90s okay so so just about to break the sex in the city yeah okay but other than that this movie is just fun every minute and it kind of makes sense in this because i also movies that have time travel in a way kind of have the ability to be timeless yeah. So, you know, the main character being from 1978 and then fast forwarding over to 1986. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it could have been any time. So I just, I, I like that. Um, uh, I like the idea that the times are similar enough where they don't have to redress it too much. Yep. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they they do my my new favorite thing in time travel, which is discuss the differences in soda. <laughs> he's like new coke i want a coke okay we got cherry coke new coke 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 yeah (laughs) i didn't think at that moment i told him i was like i really wish i knew what new coke tasted like probably than chris better than crystal pepsi (laughs) yeah 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 because pepsi is the one that back to the future uses yeah and um you know and as far as like time travel it's more the space travel rather than just like oh let's let's do something gimmicky and and um jump forward he actually was away and the time progressed naturally i mean i guess mm-hmm. we can get in a whole discussion of what mm-hmm. time travel actually means but it was you know realistic in the sense that if you're whisked away through these light years and come back time would have passed yeah right yep so also, uh, speaking of Back to the Future, let's give it up to Alan Silvestri's score on this. That was a really nice score. It really yeah. was. Yeah. It I, was. 
<laughs> I love the uh, was it was it the Talking Heads video that he was watching? I, I or no, the Talking Heads was I think from the car. Was that in the car? I, I'm pretty that, sure that might have been right because it, it wasn't like talking, talking Heads on the. That was like when the Cure was it or or <laughs> no? It's it's some '80s band I I yeah, don't yeah. recognize honestly. Yeah, which which does kind of take away from that timeless part of what I was talking about, but it still makes it pretty funny because I'm just as confused as he was about yeah. the music of that era. So. I absolutely love that when they're when he's driving in the station wagon with his family at the beginning, they're listening to Grease. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So another uh, thing I, I love about this movie is NASA is apparently some military fucking faction that at that point had guns and everything that was taking care of everything. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, they're, they're a side of the government. I, I can almost guarantee you that the NASA over here in Hampton has armed guards. Yeah. But these guys were like super armed, super armed. Mm. I'm looking at the soundtrack. I'm trying to figure out who that out. Trapped yeah. in my mind, I think was the song in the, um, trapped in my mind. Up. I like how this person is like, sounds like a talking head song. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Adam O. Is that who? Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was, um, I was watching it with my youngest and he was like, this movie's sad because, you know, when, when um, David comes running into his house looking for his mom and dad, he's like, this is movie's sad. I don't want to watch this. It, it's it's going to be all right. Let's just watch what happens. But I mean, That's, it had yo, really. Yo, when he was like, "I want, I want to go home," when he was crying there on the steps, like, "Oh, dude, breaking yeah. my heart right now!" Like, he's so sad and confused. Yeah, it had really good atmosphere. In that sense, it it really handled the like paranoia and fear that you would honestly feel as a kid in that situation. And mm-hmm. oh man, really... and when they go to his house for the first time, the cops take him to his house, and his dad's in shadow, yeah. and his dad sees him for the first time and they, they do that push in. Yeah. Like just real fast on his face and show you like how he's slightly aged. Oh, that was so good to me. I know. Yeah. yeah. I completely forgot that Veronica Cartwright from alien was his mom. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh God. So yeah, I, this is one of those movies that was just, there's really not much to talk about because it's uh it, it's it is a short film, yeah, and it's it's a good movie. It's just yeah, I, holds up, man. It really holds up. I don't think the acting was particularly strong from a lot of the cast, but other than that, it it's it's a good watch and it's a yeah. fun time. Yeah. I think I, I think I gave it three and a half stars. That, that's about right. That's a, that's a, about right. Yeah, I think it's a solid film, and I mm-hmm. would highly suggest it to anybody who wants a a nice quick watch. Yeah. yeah. And and I always uh I really dig the interior of the ship too. It just it just looks so cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. that's a good design. Out. Yeah, the set design on this is really Cre- good. Creatures in there are interesting. Oh yeah. Remember that one that ate his hat? Always freaked <laughs> me out as a kid. <laughs> yeah. Open the eyeball and only talks like Alpha. Apparently, uh, I guess there's been a, a remake plan, but it's in like production hell or something. Boo. Yeah, it's it's apparently been planned since about 2009. And Neil Blomkamp from District 9 was the last director, I think, was attached to it. Oh, wow. Interesting would, if he still was. 
Yeah, I, I'd like to see that. Yeah, remake I, Kroll. I think we need to <laughs> remake. Fun. I think we mostly need to remake the okay stuff, like the stuff that had potential that was never reached. Yeah, give it to okay. someone who could find the potential in it. Yeah, yeah. They All probably right. won't. They'll just give it to the Russo brothers or something like that. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I could feel it brewing. I was thinking, no. I was trying to think of somebody better, like Walt Becker, you know, something <laughs> like that. But the Russo brothers just stuck in my mind because I've been watching Community again. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> All right, guys. Any other notes you have for this movie? No, just watch this. It's on Disney Plus. It's wonderful. Yeah. Indeed. Indeed. Well, let's go ahead and get into our worst judgments here. Zach, does this movie deserve best picture? You know what? Uh, it, it's a good one, but it's not It's not best picture. Again, I haven't looked at 86 because I'm waiting until we get there for the Oscar Worsty podcast. Um, but, you know, I, I I do love Aliens, so I'd have to go with Aliens. That with a dollar sign. It's not Voyage Home. I mean, come <laughs> on. That is like the third best Star Trek. It's David Ray's That's listening. about where I'd put that. Damn, yeah. David Ray is listening right now, angry. That's his favorite one. <laughs> Dude, first contact is just the best. Uh, it's Khan then first contact for me. And then uh, Khan is too, but yeah, no, first contact, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it's not the best picture. But Paul, what do you think? Uh I think it I think it rightfully lost to aliens with a dollar sign. It's this is a fun film and I like it and I think it's real solid. Uh 86. There was a lot of good stuff that like was up my alley in 86, like short circuit and Peggy Sue got married. Like mm. that stuff I loved. But off the top of my head, I can't think of what one in 86, but if it's what I'm thinking, I haven't seen it. So um oh, yeah, oh, I might not have either. Uh I I just I might be confusing the years on it, but uh off the top of my head i can't think of what one in 86 so uh no it doesn't deserve best picture but uh it is a really good film all right so zach is this the worst best picture nah not at all uh no. it, it's a it's a very good movie good wholesome family i i was surprised to hear the r word as <laughs> streaming on disney <laughs> i wasn't surprised just because of the time frame yeah i thought it, it might still be took me back being like one of the first I, lines yeah i'm always glad they don't edit things like that though just to kind of be like eh. no. yeah yeah just Fair so enough. you know yep uh yeah i'm on the same page there definitely not the worst i mean there was child kidnapping but you know, he didn't know better okay <laughs> i mean he, he he was still running the chance of vaporizing the kid but you know hey <laughs> it's okay <laughs> Yeah, I still can't believe they actually made him just go full Pee Wee Herman in that movie. <laughs> like, I was honestly expecting at some point where that eye comes out. Like, is that thing going to start saying Mecca like a high, Mecca hiney ho? Paul, <laughs> <laughs> well, is this the worst best picture? No, it's not even the, the worst candidate that we've talked about so far in this episode. No. No, not at all. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, we're going ahead and call it here. But Zach, what are we watching next time? Next time, we are watching Masters of the Universe. Wait, what? What? No, this is getting... No, no. Oh, it's happening again!
Hello, all of you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Jonathan Pierce. And I'm Zach McCoy. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worsty Podcast, a show where we discuss, normally, Oscar winners throughout history and try to determine where the Academy went wrong, if they went wrong. But this week is Big Sexy, Jonathan Pierce's birthday. My birthday! Ooh, poppy! And what are we watching this week? Me? (laughs) Oh! This week we are watching... Masters of the Universe from 1987. When the fate of Eternia hangs in the balance, its champion He-Man and a team of allies must make their way to Southern California to team up with a star of Cougar Town and her musician boyfriend to save the realm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh, is this everybody's first time watching this movie? No. You know what? Honestly, it might be. I can't remember actually watching this before. Not even close for me yeah <laughs> jonathan yeah. let us know your first time watching this film guess what what this is one of those vhs collections <laughs> uh, although i do have a specific memory of being sick and i think it was oh it was the day i got diagnosed with asthma oh yeah i was uh, really upset about that i was seven years old and my mom's like do you want to watch he man i'm like yeah so i sat and watched this after finding out that i had a lifelong breathing problem Okay, so I was three when this movie came out. And again, He-Man was my favorite thing in the world, as I discussed way, way back in our cold open. And I can't even remember the first time I saw this movie because I feel like I was, it was it's just been there since the beginning. Yeah. So. I, yeah, I was just out, just outside the window, I guess, uh, being a couple years later. I, I didn't ever really watch even the show growing up. Yeah, it. It was everything to me. Uh, I remember getting my tonsils taken out when I was like four and watching the cartoon while eating ice cream at the hospital. It Masters of the Universe was until Batman. It was everything. All right. It got nominated for some Saturn Awards. So we're going to do another Saturn Awards breakdown. (laughs) (laughs) So excited about this. Um, All right. Saturn Awards, 1987. Best Science Fiction film goes to Robert Cop, <laughs> aka Robocop. Okay, I gotta I gotta go over this field because this field is awesome. Stacked. <laughs> Inner Space, which I just watched a couple months ago because they curated a bunch of Martin Short stuff on HBO Max. Awesome. Love that wow. movie. Oh, um, yeah. That's one I used to watch on Comedy Central all the time, and I was like, is this still good? I'm gonna watch this. Uh Masters of the Universe, Predator. And the yeah. running man, uh, Damn. former guest of the show, Manny Classics, favorite movie of all time. <laughs> wow. Um, best fantasy film goes to The Princess Bride. Awesome. Beating out know, be Batteries Not Included. Beating out Batteries <sighs> Not Included. I mean, it's Princess Bride. It's a perfect <laughs> Yeah, <film>. of course. <laughs> uh, beating out Batteries Not Included, Date with an Angel, Harry and the Hendersons. <laughs> <laughs> The first Timothy Dalton James Bond film, The Living Daylights, and The Witches of Eastwick, which rules. Yeah. (laughs) Best horror film goes to The Lost Boys. What is happening in 1987? That film is fucking amazing. Beating out Evil Dead 2, another amazing film. Hellraiser, which... One of the greatest horror films of all time. Yeah. uh, Near Dark, which is... uh, James Cameron's ex is Catherine Bigelow's vampire movie, which 
I watched on Criterion Channel about a year ago also rules. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, The Dream Warriors, which I loved so much that I can't get this really strong magnet off of my locker. My favorite <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street film, a series I am a huge fan of. Uh, and Pumpkinhead. What a field! Yeah. 1987 is just incredibly stacked. Yeah. <laughs> I still hate that The Lost Boys won. I don't like that it beat Evil Dead 2, but I'm not mad at one because it is my favorite vampire film. <laughs> Fucking uh, hate that movie so much. <laughs> I love it so much. It It's a toss-up between that and uh, Vampires vs. the Bronx on Netflix. <laughs> Everybody watch Vampires vs. the Bronx. It's no, awesome. Literally nothing beats John Carpenter's Vampires. I have a very quick Lost Boys uh, story. I actually don't remember the movie. I think I've seen it, but it's been so long that I don't really remember it. But in middle school, uh, for some reason... During lunch, the lunch ladies were handing out set tape soundtracks of the Lost Boys movie. And I was like, why are we doing this in the mid-90s um, or late 90s? <laughs> and and I remember people being mad because they originally thought it was Hot Boys, that song that was like, baby, you got what I want. Or whatever. <laughs> and then everybody was just mad that it wasn't that. So that's my story. They, they didn't like the thousand one. <laughs> Lost Boys is just another one of those, like the crow. It's like it's not as fucking goth as you think it is, and it's boring as shit. No, it's so good. Uh, I don't care if it's not goth because I never cared for goth. It sure. just rules. There, uh, you know, it does. Oh god, it's so good. Okay, best performance by a younger actor goes to not completely crazy person, Kirk Cameron. <laughs> not yet, buddy. I'm, I'm being sarcastic. Um, <laughs> best actor goes to the greatest actor of all time, Jack Nicholson, uh, for Witches of Eastwick, uh, beating out Peter Weller for Robert Cobb. Um, best actress goes to the great Jessica Tandy for Batteries Not Included. It's a kid. Another one I haven't gone back to. It's really good. I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. That and Cocoon, if, I think. Those are cocoon's like also movies. really good i i watched cocoon as part of a ron howard uh marathon at my house with uh, nice. some friends one time it was really good cool. uh best supporting actor goes to host of family feud richard dawson for the <laughs> running man eating <laughs> <laughs> robert de niro <laughs> but to be fair it's for angel heart yeah um best supporting actress goes to the great Anne Ramsey from Throw Mama from the Train, one of the funniest films of all time. Uh, oh, she fun. got that posthumous. Yeah, she sure did. did here. Uh, best director goes to the great Paul Verhoeven for RoboCop. Uh, nice. Best writing goes to Michael Miner and Edward Newmeyer for RoboCop. Uh, best music goes to Alan Silvestri for The Predator. Nice. Uh, which I'm really mad not to see. Was it Alan Silvestri? No, it wasn't Alan Silvestri. Uh, I'm, I'm really mad not to see Bill Conti for Masters of the Universe in this category. because mm-hmm. I'm waiting, Zach. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting what? to see if he sees it. Oh, oh, which brings us to our yeah. podcast within a podcast. <laughs> John Williams, Saturn Awards one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the great John Williams is nominated for The Witches of Eastwick, but of course loses to Alan Silvestri for Predator. Uh, John Carpenter also nominated for Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness. 
Prince of Darkness. Uh, best costuming goes to Phyllis Dalton for The Princess Bride, beating out Julie Weiss for Masters of the Universe. Mm. Oh, and Monster <laughs> Squad. Monster Squad's in that category. Another incredible film. Am I the only one who's seen Monster Squad here? I think I've seen Monster Squad. Well, th- uh, then I ask you, does the Wolfman have nards? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, I remember nothing about this movie, but I'm pretty sure I've seen it. Oh, you you need to watch it. It's it's one of those great. ones I think I'm aware of because of one of the writers. Okay, is a uh, Shane Black. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, but I don't I don't think I've seen it, so I need to fix that. Fix it. It's it's hilarious. Fix it. Uh, uh, best makeup goes to Rob Botton, Stefan Dupuis for RoboCop. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> Rob Botton is like robot. Yeah. <laughs> well done, sir. Wonderful. Yeah, so dumb, but funny. Oh god, that's good. Um also it's sad to not see Masters of the Universe in this category because the Skeletor makeup's awesome. And um we'll get into that. <laughs> uh best special effects goes to Peter Curran, Phil Tippett, and Rob Botton and Rocco Gioff for Robocop. So Rob Botton all over the place there. And of course our dinosaur wrangler. Bill Tippett. Yeah. Our special awards go to the George Powell Memorial Award goes to Larry Cohen. The Life Career Award goes to the most important man to ever make a film, Roger Corman. Mm-hmm. And the President Award goes to Mike Jitlov and Richard Kay for The Wizard of Speed and Time. <laughs> Is that a Dream Theater album, I think? Yeah. <laughs> the coolest fucking day for a movie. What is going on here? <laughs> low-budget feature film written and directed and starring animator animator Mike Jitlov, as well as a 1979 16-millimeter short film, also by Jitlov. I am going to find out more about Are you looking at that poster? (laughs) Yes, I am. That poster is holy god, it's amazing. The entire fucking world. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right, let's talk about this movie. All right, let's talk about this movie. So, god, this movie was so good. (laughs) loved it it's so much i'm so happy this was the movie i was scared to watch the most like this was what i was not a huge he-man fan as much as you were as a young child mm-hmm. paul but yeah. i liked he-man um but i loved this movie a lot like i loved this movie and i think another reason why i went through my i love goth chicks phase um but <laughs> oh god i was so scared to watch this movie so not a phase much. mom. Not a phase mom. It's a lifestyle. I got your picture. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, but I am so happy that Paul had basically convinced me to watch this movie. I, I've been I've been trying to get you to watch it for what, like two years now? Yeah. At least. <laughs> I I I was always worried because I hate the coming to modern day earth trope. And it's so well done in this movie like it's it's still stupid and still a trope but you still get so much more of like and it's not even like you get a lot of Eternia you just get a lot of like Skeletor and just like how fucking awesome he is in this movie they spent a shit ton of money on that set and they were going to show it off yeah (laughs) (laughs) like oh my god but 
the problem that I have with Skeletor in this movie is, as we have mentioned before, um, HD does not do that face a lot of justice. No, not hardly. The, but... the Sharpie for the nose part was about, it was really the only issue and the whole mouth not moving very well. <laughs> yeah. But God damn, Frank Langella. Oh my God. Just eats all of the scenery. <laughs> Absolutely. Just amazing. <laughs> you, at some point, somebody had to be like, dude, this, this is a canon film. You know that, right? It's like, <laughs> I am Skeletor. <laughs> Holy I, fuck. <laughs> I, I don't know what happened, but I, I feel like Frank Langella came in and started giving a performance. So someone went, you're at about a three. We need you at about a 12. <laughs> I, no, I really hope that actually they went, dude, you're at a 12. We need you at a three. And he was like, no. <laughs> yeah. This is one where like, uh, I'd only seen him. Like my introduction was to him. As far as I remember was Frost Nixon. So it's like, <laughs> looking back at him playing this, it's just like, it's amazing. Um, I, I, I'm sorry to say that this, this movie was fun dumpster fire for me. So that's, that's how I kind of felt about it. <laughs> but dude, as long as you got the fun part, yeah, that's all yeah, that matters. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I, I, I legitimately like this movie. Oh, I do too. I, not ironically at all. This is a good movie. <laughs> it's really well made. Like, the writing may not be the best at all times, but the film looks good. It's a lot of fun. That Bill Conti score is so good. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Mm, Yeah. Like, from the moment that they're ripping off the Superman credits (laughs) (laughs) on through the rest of the movie. It's not just the credits. I think it's the song, too. Oh, yeah. It was so Superman. Which which is so weird, because Bill Conti has an Oscar at this point. Yeah. Why does he need to be ripping off John Williams? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and, and I know this is relatively topical because, you know, Masters of the Universe Revelations just came out uh, the sucks. week that we're recording. It doesn't suck. It's, it's yeah. mostly fine, but the, the, the lazy Hamil- writing yeah. really. I, the lazy voice acting for a lot of it for me because like you had said hamill just does joker and it's kind of what i expected i don't even think hamill's doing a bad job it's just that he was a lazy choice like hey let's get the guy who did joker to be joker again yeah and and i just don't like sarah jessica parker as actress i mean she was fine and jesus christ (laughs) there's not a single (laughs) in the entire film um But yeah, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. I I just don't like her as a voice actress. I think she's a really good voice actress. I I just don't think she fit this part. She did not. I I think she's really good. Her her voice acting is great. Yeah. It just for some reason it there's a just a disconnect between what you're seeing on the screen and the voice coming out of its mouth. Mm -hmm. Sure. Um. But back to Masters of the Universe, 1987. This is the 
best version of Masters of the Universe. It really is. On film. <laughs> I don't think even on any media. Though I have never read the comics, so I can't speak to much. But I just like how, you know, they don't go into the the cartoon at all. They yeah. really don't give you any kind of world building outside of this is Eternia and currently we're in Castle Grayskull and it's mine now. Like it, it expected you to know who the characters are, but you didn't need any backstory. You just knew, hey, that scary looking guy, probably the bad guy. Yeah, and I mean that works better in uh what is this like hundred minute movie than it does in a long form story where you should know what your characters are what their motivations are. Cause yeah, when you just dropped into something and you don't care about the character's motivations. It can be kind of disarming when you have to spend the next like three or four hours with them. Sure. Yeah. Um, so one thing I didn't know until you had said something was that wasn't Dolph Lundgren's voice. Uh, apparently it actually was. Was it? Uh, I thought I, I thought I had read it wasn't, but what I had read uh, initially way back a long time ago was that they were going to overdub Dolph Lundgren, but they let him redub his own lines because, okay. it, because according to his contract, he got three tries at it and they didn't have enough money to let him record three <laughs> times. So they're just like, fuck it. <laughs> and I don't think he did that bad. Like, I no, mean, he it was clearly, there was clear redubbing going on, but uh, I, I just, thought he did just fine because he barely spoke in the entire fucking movie anyway <laughs> it's a lot more courtney cox i think than anybody else yeah um yeah but yeah dude i i'm i just i loved this movie so much that i am actually going to uh at some point here soon uh watch electric boogaloo so i can watch that uh that documentary yeah, that's a good documentary. The, the Electric Boogaloo about Canon Films is the title. We're not talking about Break Into Electric Boogaloo, which was also made by Canon Films. <laughs> Why it is titled such. I think um, unfairly, uh, Bill Barty received a Golden Raspberry nomination for this. Uh, that's horseshit. That is actor. absolute yeah, horseshit. It absolutely is. I, I can't remember the boyfriend's name, but that guy was not a very good Yeah, actor, he's way but. worse. <laughs> yeah. And Bill Barty's a legend, you know. He's so good in this movie. He's he's yeah. so much fun. Yeah. yeah. I love Gwildor. Yeah. Much better than Orko. Fair. And it's a character that made sense. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, I'm finally happy I got to see this movie again. Because yeah. I'm going to continue to watch this movie now. Yeah. I, it every time. I watch it every, every few years or so. Just just to remind myself how much I love it. And <laughs> when, uh, when an acquaintance of mine did a movie with Dolph Lundgren, uh, I tried to get a signed copy of the DVD for this and was unsuccessful. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yeah. I, I was just, I was watching it and, um, there were plenty of scenes that were like, I mean, over the top of explosives and like the chase, uh, I can't remember what they were, flying on towards the end and like the yeah lasers flying everywhere it's just like oh. this is awesome if i was a kid watching this i would have loved it so much i was sort of sad that i hadn't seen it as a kid um you know overall it sounds like as we're wrapping up here you don't really have any regrets for the movies that 
we've uh, you've revisited here. No regrets at all. And and I appreciate you guys watching it with me. I know you only got the the two buttercreams there, uh, Zach, but <laughs> I, I, I'm really happy that you got to watch these movies with me as well, because I, uh, I was so worried. Like I, w- I was going to like Labyrinth. Labyrinth was the reason why I think in the end I didn't watch any of these movies mm. because I went and watched that. and I was like, God, this is just not good. Maybe I should just stop looking back. Yeah, it's one of those things where, again, when I watched this, the cartoon and I was so just heartbroken about it, it became one of those things where I don't watch things for nostalgic reasons anymore. I I will watch things if I if I think they were good at the time I watched them. Mm-hmm. But more as a way to just kind of fill in gaps or if... A lot of times these days, I, I'll watch something if something that, especially podcasts I listen to, are covering it and they say positive things about it, and I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, if these if these people who I listen to on a weekly basis are telling me that they got some enjoyment out of it, why shouldn't I go back and revisit it? Fair, no, makes sense. Well, does anybody else have any notes on Masters of the Universe and how awesome it is? Um, mostly that it's just awesome. Um. <laughs> And of course, it was doing uh, credit stingers way back in the late 80s when nobody else was really doing them. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into our worsty judgments. Zach, does this movie deserve Best Picture? Oh, I'm sorry to say that I don't feel like it does, but, uh, you know, um, I'm forgetting what won at the Saturn Awards. Um, was it? Was uh, it, Rob- was it over, RoboCop? Yeah, RoboCop won over this. Yeah, you got to give it to RoboCop. And I'm not going to, you know, touch the Oscar movie. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Okay. Yep. There's his, there's, there's Paul's RoboCop. Out of print criteria DVD. Cool. Is that still sealed? No. Or is it just looking? Okay. No, no, I, I've absolutely watched this multiple times because <laughs> it has like a minute and a half of extra violence. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love this movie. This is, I think. I'm happy to say is still a childhood favorite and uh, now an adult favorite. Uh, no, it does not deserve best picture because this year was fucking stacked. <laughs> I mean, RoboCop aside, you still had Predator and Running Man. You had Inner Space. Battery's not included. I mean, just come on. Mm-hmm. It's still much better than Lost Boys, though. By <laughs> a lot. Paul? Um, yes. Oh, you saucy devil, you. <laughs> I'm just leaving it there. <laughs> All right. I'm not saying anything else. Yes. <laughs> Zach, is this the worst best picture? No. No. It's not elephant shit or uh, Lumiere with the hand up a skirt. Fair enough. And I'm going to agree with you there. And uh, Hot Evil Lynn. Can't go wrong with eyes like that. Paul, worst best picture? No, not even close. This film fucking rules it's the best <laughs> deserves best picture it deserves best picture all right well all right <sighs> zach I'm, I'm i'm putting a stop to this we cannot we cannot keep going there's no more movies do not bring up any more movies that we will be watching this week what are we watching next week zach next week we're watching look who's talking yes you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> just kidding Next week, we are watching Oliver, which you can rent on Amazon. 
Google Play, Voodoo, or YouTube. Oliver has an exclamation point. That's why I yelled. Yeah, absolutely it does. All right. We would like to thank Trav from our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We would like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and on Facebook at The Oscarwisty Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty rhythm of Al Gore. The rhythm of Al Gore. <laughs> Who's got the power? For Jonathan, Zach, and He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. I'd like for you all to have a damn fine day.